You're listening to Success Stalkers Radio, episode 42, with self-growth expert and best-selling author, Terrence Bell. Hey everybody, this is Ian Floyd from the Love and Sensibility Podcast, and you're tuned into my girl, Iona Garrett, on the Success Stalkers Radio Show. Welcome to Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules to success. They're making money and changing the world. Join me Monday through Friday as I interview today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will leave you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett, and I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Mr. Terrence Bell. So Terrence, are you ready to stalk success today? Yes, I'm always ready to talk success, Iona. Good deal. Well, native of Memphis, Tennessee, Terrence Bell is a self-growth expert, world-class inspirational speaker, and best-selling author. Best known for his book, Empowering You, in pursuit of personal success and fulfillment. His forthcoming book is much anticipated and entitled, Everything a Woman Needs to Know. In high school, Terrence had a flair for political debating, excelled in English, and was a baseball standout from junior high through high school. He even played one year in the minor leagues as a pitcher before going on to serve his country in the U.S. Marine Corps. After returning to civilian life and fast-forwarding through a number of odd jobs, Terrence eventually began realizing that his passions lie in anything creative and with a tremendous interest in people. He says, people fascinate me. Their upbringing and stories are what shapes them and it's all quite interesting to me. Terrence seeks to inform, inspire, and ignite passions in others so they can fulfill their own dreams. So Terrence, I've given our listeners just a little overview, but I want you to take a minute to tell us about you personally because we want to get to know you and then give us an overview of your business. Um, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I was kind of bounced around a little bit in um, between Memphis and Chicago, and uh, that was because my parents uh, were, got separated and, of course, subsequently divorced. And, uh, my, you know, my upbringing was... Was, was rather interesting. I eventually ended up being raised by my grandmother um, through kind of the court systems uh, because my mother was medically diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was, uh, I think I was about eight or nine years old. So, uh, so from that, uh, that prompted, of course, social workers in and out of our home and, and police involvement as well as, uh, you know, family and so on and so forth. So, so by the time it ended up in the courts, uh, I being the older of six, uh, certain family members would show up and, and they couldn't take, they had their own family, so they couldn't take all of us at one time. So uh, one family member may, t- may have taken one, another family member may have taken another of my siblings, and then the rest would go to, uh, to foster care. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was kind of a revolving cycle uh, throughout the years. Um, until I got to my, I guess, early teens, and then my grandmother stepped in and took myself and my brother next to me. Uh, 
Okay. So uh, I was actually separated from my siblings for quite a bit, for, for quite a number of years, and we just, in the last probably decade, uh, have started to kind of really get close uh, to each other uh, because of that separation you know, so long ago. So what that did and the life that uh, occurred for me after was, one, it made me a super, super sensitive uh, young man or child at the mm-hmm. time, but young man. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it also made me deeply connected to the human condition. Uh, for any of you listeners out there who may have experienced uh, or have a relative or uh, of sort to have experienced something like that, they, they would know that dealing with uh, any loved one that, that has a, a mental illness or, or schizophrenia type of thing is, is, uh, is not the easiest thing. And, uh, and even more interesting is my mother's particular uh, type of schizophrenia was the inability to deal with everyday uh, life circumstances. Okay. And that could apply to any of us. That could apply to any of us, any of your listeners. Uh, you know, life uh, sometimes uh, deals us a hand that we're not always, uh, or at least we think that we're not always capable or qualified to deal with. Right. Um, but I'm here to tell you, listeners, as I expressed in my first book, the trials and tribulations that I experienced uh, growing up and the things that I witnessed uh, growing up um, made me sensitive enough to, again, be deeply connected to the human condition and to also want to uh, dedicate uh, this part of my life to empowering people. And, and that's what really okay. sparked uh, the concept of the book, was to take all of the events that occurred in my life during my childhood and my upbringing and channel those events into a, a positive form whereby, one, people could uh, uh, share as well as and, and, and relate uh, to, to some of the events that have happened in my life because it, it really is true. There's only six degrees of separation. So uh, yeah. we always own our problems. We always think that we're the only ones that have ever gone through whatever it is that we've gone through or whatever it is that you may even be currently dealing with. We, we always think that we're the only ones. Right. Well, we're going to dive more into that in just a minute. But Terrence, before we go any further, what I would like to do here, because we at Success Talkers Radio, we love to hear success quotes from our guests. So if you have a success quote, you know, we want to get the motivational ball rolling. So take it away if you have one. Uh, The success quote that stands out to me the most was written by Winston Churchill. And what he said in this particular quote was, uh, success is failing over and over and over again without loss of enthusiasm. Now, that's not verbatim. That's not verbatim. Uh, I I believe verbatim it is uh, success is the the ability to fail without loss of enthusiasm. But the point of that, the point of that is success is the ability to overcome obstacles. So he put it in a different way, which is while you're overcoming obstacles and while you're in pursuit of your goals, you cannot lose enthusiasm in the pursuit. You cannot lose your enthusiasm. So you, right. those hopes, right. those dreams, those desires, 
that are placed in your in your soul were put there for a reason. They were put there for a purpose. And and they are meant to be fulfilled. They are meant for you to fulfill that purpose. Now, a lot of people right. fall short of that fulfillment because, again, they lose enthusiasm. They lose hope. Mm-hmm. They lose faith. And so they, they stop shy of what the goal is or what the purpose is. And they give up. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Well, Terrence, here at Success Talkers Radio, we are all about the story and the journey of our guests. And I know you've had quite an amazing journey so far, but we want to first focus on a possible failure. Let's say a time in your life where maybe you just fell flat on your face or flat on your back even. And and I want you to take us there because we want to feel like we're right there with you, Terrence, when you experience this failure. And then maybe tell us a lesson that you learned from it. Well, you know, I... I... I have failed quite a bit, uh, and fail sounds like a fail sounds like such a terrible word. It sounds like uh, you know, like you sinned. You know, it, it just it just sounds <laughs> that the word fail. It's like I I rarely use that word actually in anything that we or talk about or whatever because we we try to keep it positive all the time. But but I I, I would say that uh, for a lot of years, especially in my early years, I, I failed a lot. I failed, uh, you know, I had the personal relationships that failed. I was in the Marine Corps. I, I don't. I don't want to say that I failed at that because uh, I was discharged from the Marine Corps, uh, but that was due to the fact that my mother was ill at the time and was actually dying of cancer. On top of, of course, oh, wow. on top of, of course, her her mental illness. So, so I, I happened to be overseas at the time, and the Marine Corps didn't want to let me leave until they got confirmation that my mother had actually passed away. And uh, and that made me very distraught, made me very disgruntled, and so I, I acted out in a way. Of course, I acted out in such a way to where I just basically became belligerent and and started disobeying orders and then forced them to 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 discharge me from the main court so that I could be by my mother's uh, bedside. So so when I left there. When I left the Marine Corps, uh, and, and I was very a, a very good Marine, I was a very gung ho Marine, and I was all about you know uh, uh, supporting uh, uh, the issues of my country. Um, but when I left, I left with this seed that was planted by one of my career planners. Uh, uh, in the Marine Corps, we have these career planners. So when you're at the end of your tour of duty, they come to you and they they they, they kind of coax you to to stay, and they offer you different things to stay. So. One of the things that my career planners uh, said to me, he says, you know, uh, he said, you're a good Marine. We'd hate to lose you under these terms, he said, but uh, he said, I also want to advise you that, you you know, you, you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be well accomplished in this life. You know, having a, a discharge, which is a general discharge, by the way, uh, on your record uh, is not going to suit well in society. Mm-hmm. So you may as well stay here with us. And 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 that stuck with me actually for probably a, several years after I got out of the Marine Corps, and I and I ran around thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to get this kind of job. I'm never going to be able to get a good paying job. I'm never going to be able to do this or right. that or that. So I had this this seed in my mind that I nurtured and I manifested in my spirit because it was passed on by the words of another individual. Now of course it wasn't mm-hmm. until later on that I realized that uh, this seed uh, has now turned into weed and now I need to dig it up and get rid of it because it doesn't apply to me. And the reason it doesn't apply to me is because at that time, of course, as well, I was starting to discover my own supernatural abilities 
not superhuman, not superman, but supernatural mm-hmm. in spiritual sense, mm-hmm. my own supernatural abilities. Right. And then I realized, like, you know, everything that applies to the next person doesn't necessarily apply to me. And when somebody tells you that you can't do something, it's typically because they can't do it themselves. And the reason we hold on to things that other people tell us is because we feel or we think that, well, you know, either it's a close friend and, oh, I grew up with this person and, you know, I I always bounce things off of this person. Well, sometimes people are not qualified to speak in your life. Oftentimes, in fact, people are not qualified to speak in your life. And that includes... That's absolutely true. That includes best friends. That includes family members. That includes a whole lot of people who are not qualified to speak into your life specifically. And when I mean your life, I mean your life, I don't know. I mean your your listeners' lives as well. And I'm sure a lot of them mm-hmm. will be able to relate to that uh, because we've all had someone to tell us at some point in time uh, what it is that we can't do or what, or what we shouldn't do or and so on and so forth. So, uh, oh, you know, yeah. in a short amount of time after I left the Marine Corps, I realized that these rules don't apply to me. They just don't apply. So, so you know, mm-hmm. again... Uh, to answer your question, I, 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 I used to liken my discharge in the Marine Corps uh, as a failure, but then I realized that it wasn't actually a failure. And, 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 mm-hmm. and to get back, uh, to lean a little bit more on, on Winston Churchill's uh, 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 mantra is, I didn't lose enthusiasm. You know, I didn't lose my enthusiasm. I mean, for first, like I said, for the right. first few years, I, I was germinating that whole seed that this guy planted in me, and then I realized that seed was weed, and I got rid of it, and then I moved on to the, That's good. Yeah, I I like moved, that. I on to the next thing, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I had a series of jobs. Uh, I think, uh, in fact, one of the jobs I had, I always uh, tell this when I speak engagements, one of the jobs I had was uh, for GMAC. And, you know, I grew up, in a way, in, a, uh, in, my, in Memphis, Tennessee, with uh, my grandmother, who uh, used to always basically tell her grandkids and her kids, you know, you get out of school. College was not such a big thing that people in the South at that time promoted. It was pretty much get out of college, I mean, get out of high school, go to the military, any, any form of military. That, that was kind of the big thing back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But it just was. It wasn't like your parents, you know, forced you or encouraged you so much to uh, to go to college. So, um, mm-hmm. but she did encourage my grandmother did encourage, you know, to to get out here, find a good job, and that's another thing as well. I need to add because at that time, uh, the way to get a good job was that you always, you had to have a relative that was already working uh, someplace that you wanted to work, and they there for more than ten years, and they right. had to endorse you. You know, yeah, so, so so that was the way to get a good job. And also at that time in Memphis, Tennessee, there was probably five companies in the whole city that were considered uh, good-paying jobs for people to aspire to work for. So uh, when I applied for GMAC, uh, it took me four months, probably more than five, uh, four right at five months to to go through the process, the recruiting process, and all of the interviews and stuff like that. And then I got the job. I worked there for less than two months, and and I remember showing up at work one day, and I had this lady who was uh, my boss as well as my overseer. Uh, she thought maybe she was my guy, uh, and so she always hovered over me, and 
you know, and just kind of stayed close to me while I was just making sure that I had the routine down mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. And, and I had the routine down. There was no problem with the routine. But day after day that I sat there, over the course of a couple of months, I realized this is not for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm working for the check, but this is not, this is not working for me. Right, right. And, uh, and so uh, I showed up for one day and, uh, and I quit. And everybody thought I was crazy and screwed <laughs> my family and they saw, well, you know, it's the kind of place that you can work for and retire later and get good benefits. You know, that's always the thing. The elders tell you in the South, you know, you got to stick around and get the benefits. And, uh, and, right. I, and I, I just thought, wow, oh, you know, I can create my own benefits. So you had you had an aha moment, basically. I did, yeah. I had an aha moment. You know, <laughs> that's uh, good because that segues me into my next question. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, Terrence, t- tell me how how did you turn that aha moment that you had there? How did you turn that into success for yourself? Well, that wasn't the aha moment that turned me into success. Oh, okay. No, there are many aha moments which I which I share with with with, with my my listening audiences when I speak. Uh, Every moment is an aha moment. So it was a series of aha moments that led me to the point of uh, quote unquote success. Uh, success. Can you tell us one of them? Um, gosh, I mean, it was like I said, it was a string of them all my life, uh, uh, and most of them were a string of events that just didn't work out. You know, I, I went into okay. I went into Marine Corps. I thought I was going to be a lifer. It didn't work out. Aha. Uh, I, I got out of the Marine Corps. I went to work for GMAC. I was gung ho and enthusiastic about it because I had the seed planted in my head that one, you're never going to be able to get a good paying job, and here I have a good paying job. Two, um, you know, you can retire from this company. We offer great benefits, uh, but day after day for a couple of months, I wasn't feeling it, and I right. said, "Aha." I got to quit. <laughs> right. I got to quit. This is not working for me. And yeah. and then on and on and on and on and on. Too too much to, to to number here. I think that happened for a period of about ten years, where I just had a bunch of aha moments because I had a bunch of gigs that I just mm-hmm. now mind you, onlookers would look at the situation and be like, oh well, he's just a failure. Oh well, he doesn't complete anything. Oh well, he doesn't mm-hmm. follow through. Oh, right. he's not responsible. Mm-hmm. And I could have let all of those seeds germinate within me as well and, and adopt all of those words that people were saying and, and say, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe I am a failure. Maybe I am a screw. Maybe, maybe I don't follow up. Maybe I, you know, don't complete things. And, and that really wasn't it at all. Uh, exactly. Right, but well, they just don't get it because the entrepreneur, you know, as entrepreneurs, we always have those aha moments, like you said. And, I mean, that's what we do. So it's. You know, for those who aren't entrepreneurs, they don't understand that. They don't get it. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely not. And, again, it's not for everybody. Now, that, that doesn't mean that all your listeners should go, you know, first thing tomorrow should go in and t- give their resi- resignation. To, and, and <laughs> right. No, we're not saying to do that. Oh, no. Say, Aha. I'm out this piece. You know what I mean? No, no, don't do that. We're not saying we don't recommend that. <laughs> Well, Terrence, let's shift the focus for just a minute because we want to shine a spotlight on you for just a minute. I want you to share with our listeners, what is your proudest entrepreneurial moment in your career? I think I've had a number of them. I mean, I, I did this one deal years ago with the Egyptian government. Um, I sold 300,000 metric tons of sugar to the Egyptian government. Uh, you know, not sexy, mm-hmm. uh, but it was very, very, very <laughs> 
and 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 it 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 put me in a realm of of dig, mixing with dignitaries and diplomats, uh, four dip, uh, diplomats mm-hmm. and dignitaries, where where I was able to advance those relationships, uh, even to this day, and spark other transactions. Well, what I want to do is shift right here for just another moment because I want to ask you: Do you have any new projects or that you could tell us about that you're working on that you're really excited about? Okay, well, one thing that I'm really excited about, and probably more excited about than any of the other ventures that I'm doing, is I have a new book that's coming out called Everything a Woman Needs to Know. Everything a Woman Needs to Know. Oh, mm, my goodness. Sounds and like I, a good I, book. I, I, it's, it's been a labor of love the last couple of years to, to, to birth this thing. It's now in editing. Uh, we expect it to be uh, first uh, uh, draft print should be delivered to me probably in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. And then, uh, and then after that, we'll be doing the marketing world out to uh, put it in the brick and mortar stores like your Barnes and Nobles, and of course all the uh, the online sellers as well. But, but that I'm really excited about. And of course, that's specifically, obviously designed uh, uh, specifically for women. And uh, and the reason that that book came about was uh, my publishers wanted me to do a sequel to Empowering You, and Empowering You was a book for both uh, okay. you know young men, women, and adults as well. Uh, but in my spirit, I didn't sense that. And I think part of that was just because I have a lot of female friends. Uh, they, they come to me for, for, as a resource for all types of, of things, but mostly what I get is uh, the relationship aspect of it. And I have a lot of uh, a female reader base from my first book, and so they would send me emails saying, you know, wow, you sound like such a gentleman, you sound like this, and then I could just feel your words off the page, and you should write a book for women. And so the overwhelming mm-hmm. majority of my uh, female reader base is what really sparked and moved to the concept of me to write this second book, which I titled Everything Woman Needs to Know, uh, because uh, I-, I feel like we are in a society right now where relationships are broken, uh, men and women are not relating as well as they could or should, and and that that the that the power, as much as women put it on men, uh, uh, the power is on the women. And so, what I share in the premise of this entire book is for women to understand that you you ladies have all the power. That is true. I I agree with that. All the power, all the power, all the power. I mean, it's just it's it's un, it's omnipotent the amount of power. But but a lot of women <laughs> don't understand right. what that power means. How do you? Yeah, how, they're not responsible. How do you use that it. power? Some are not responsible. With that you power. know, and so well, one of the underlying uh, uh, aspects of I always tell you know women to. You know, make sure they use their powers for good and not evil. <laughs> you know, because because the worst thing you want to do is uh, is make a good man go bad. And a good man can easily go bad if he has a woman who is using her powers for evil. Say, well, what what we've reached here is my favorite part of the interview, and it's called the success round. And what we do here is I, I want to 
just throw some questions at you. Then I want you to come back at me with some knockout answers. This is our, and this is the reason why we ask these questions, Terrence, is because, you know, we have a lot of people that are listening that are, you know, some are entrepreneurs, some are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs or, you know, in the entertainment industry or what have you. And so these questions are really critical, you know, in my opinion, and to a lot of them that want to know these answers. So, I want to ask this question. What was it that held you back from becoming an entrepreneur before you started? Oh, that's very easy to answer. Uh, I don't have to knock you out with that one at all. When you're not ready, you're not ready. And, and, and your idea of being ready is not God's idea of you being ready. Because you can be. What was that held you back? What was that held you back before you started? Well, well that, that's that, that's my answer. Did you did you get it? Okay. <laughs> okay. But, okay. See, that's you, what I'm telling you. Said you. I'm sorry, but it wasn't as knockout <laughs> as you thought it was going to be. I didn't want to smack you in the face with it, but it, you know, sometimes we, we reach so far for answers that are right in front of our face. When that's you're not ready, you're not ready. You're just not ready. You're not ready. And 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 yep. and God has a plan that is much bigger than yours. And and so you could think that you're ready for a level of success that you think that you want to achieve. But if he has a another level of success that he wants you to achieve, then you're going to stay in the oven cooking a lot longer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I can attest I can attest to that one. That's true. Well, what is the best business advice that you've ever received? Uh best business advice I ever received was that uh uh, business is not for the faint of heart. Okay. Um, the late Jay Warner, uh, who was a part of the Warner Brothers family, uh, shared with me many, many years ago uh, because I was I was a young kid that was uh, running around trying to be a hot shot and knocking on the doors of all these old, good old boys trying to, you know, get my voice heard and get my opinions across. Uh, and this is, of course, in the entertainment business mm-hmm. at the time. And um, Jay took a liking to me, and uh, he accommodated me in his office frequently for half-hour, 45-minute meetings, and, and I appreciated that. And uh, I remember uh, over the course of probably 10 years that uh, that I knew him before he passed away, uh, that was the one statement that resonated the most with him. Okay. was, hey, kid, you know, uh, he, he sat there, he was swamped, uh, swimming in a bunch of paper on his desk, and you know, being flooded with a bunch of calls, and you know, some of them caused him to to to, to get a little out of whack. And he slammed the phone on one call. And he looked at me, put his head in his hands, and, she, and he says, "You know, kid." I said, "I'll tell you one thing." I said, "Business is not for the faint of heart." Mm-hmm. And uh, and for some reason, at that moment, during that time, and what he had just experienced. Uh, that really, really, really resonated with me. And, and so now that I am where I am, uh, I understand the power of just that simple statement yeah, yeah. because you're constantly going through things, you know, constantly going through things. And sometimes, you know, like I said, people get tired. You want to settle down. You want to rest a little bit. But when you're a boss, <laughs> you don't have that luxury. You sure don't. You sure don't. You, you know, you, you may be driving the luxury cars and living in luxury homes and all that sort of kind of stuff, but you are paying a very very severe price for that. Yeah. Now that 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 price that price chips into uh, your emotional stock. It chips into your 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 personal stock, your your, your relationships. You know, it, it 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 takes away a little bit from almost every aspect of your life. Um, 
to 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 be a boss. But the reward is just so amazing. Well, yeah, the reward <laughs> is that you're able to do things for other people. Right. Uh, that yes, of course, you're able to live a, a certain lifestyle. Uh, that that again, only let this think uh, is is easy. You know, I don't know why everybody thinks it's so easy. No, it's definitely not easy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's not not easy. It's like you and I talked before about my my new talk show right. that's, that's coming out, and it's like you know uh, people show up and they just think, okay, this is easy breezy, and it's not. It is there are a lot of moving parts, there are a lot of opinions, there are a lot of network decisions, and a lot of issues that you have to finesse and finagle and and and, and sidestep uh, just so that you don't get tainted and and, and ruined by you know, the mission at hand. Right. Like, you got to always stay focused on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish right. without allowing outside forces and outside people to to, to taint you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so, well, Terrence, is there yeah, is there a book that you can recommend to our listeners, one or two books? Yes. It's Everything a Woman Needs to Know. Mm-hmm, definitely, of course. Preparing for Women. <laughs> <laughs> and the book that's presently out, their listeners can go and get and download, is empowering you in pursuit of personal success and fulfillment. Okay. And it truly does do that for you. Okay. It truly will do that for and you. And so how how can yes. they do that? How can they download that? Well, if they visit my site at terrencebell.net, which is T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E-B-E-L-L, like ring a bell, <laughs> dot net, mm-hmm. dot net, go there. And uh, it'll navigate you right to where you want to go for products. And uh, I have a wonderful new CD that's out, by the way. You asked me about products and things that I'm doing, so I forgot to mention my CD that's out. It's yeah, we're, we're getting to that. We're definitely getting to that. Yeah, so that, that the CD is called, uh, well, it's called Terrence Bell is Empowering You. The power is in your hands. And uh, uh, change your life in 31 minutes, basically. The whole running time of the CD is 31 minutes. Okay, okay. Well, I have one more question for you before we go. Okay, sure. And, and sure. I, it's, a, it's a doozy now, so I need you to help you sit down. <laughs> it's a doozy. Okay, well, I hope you don't expect a knockout answer. I don't to yeah, wild, but... I, I think it's, I think you're going to be able to give me one, though. So, look, I want okay, you just okay. to imagine. Imagine that you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but let's say you knew no one. Now, you still have all the same knowledge and experience that you currently have today. And let's say your food is taken care of, your shelter is taken care of. So all your, your personal needs are taken care of. But the only thing you have is $500 and a laptop, and you're starting your business over again. What would you do in the next seven days? I would keep the $500, and I would write. I would write. I'd break okay. out my computer, and I would write. I'd write. I'd write my destiny. I, I mean, not literally in terms of, you know, this is what I'm going to do and this is what, how I'm going to prevail in the next right. years. <laughs> in the next. But I would just write. I would write. I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer as far as anyway. I've always been a, you know, always been a writer. Uh, in fact, in high school, I made my money in high school by selling poems to guys for $5. If they had a problem with a the girl, they was trying to get a girl, they was trying to make up with a girl, uh, mm-hmm. I, they'd come to me, I'd write them a poem, and, and uh, I'd charge $5. That's how I'd come <laughs> so I, I, would, I would resort back to what my inner child has always really loved to do for as long as I can remember, and that's right. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
Well, truly, your your journey, just hearing about your journey today has just been so inspiring. And before we go, if you can just do me one more favor, Terrence, if you can just give our listeners one parting piece of advice and guidance before you go and then share with them the best way they can find you. And then we'll say goodbye. Never, ever, ever give up. Never give up. If God has put something in your spirit, okay, listen to me very, very closely here. If God has put something in your spirit that you cannot shake, that you wake up every single day and, and you can't seem to get rid of this thing, this thought, I don't care how grand it is, I don't care how magnificent it is, you know, because sometimes, again, we, we always imagine the place that we're at and then we see where we're trying to go and there's so much distance in between and we go, you know what, never mind. But I'm telling you today to mind it all the way, mind it all the way, because if God has put something in your spirit, it is there for a purpose and it is there for you to live out that purpose. If you fall short of reaching your goal, You only have yourself to blame, nobody else. And what's the best way they can find you? The best way they can find you? The best way they can find me is uh, go to my website, terrencebell.net, or empoweru.us. Either one will get you to the same place. Uh, Probably easier to put my name in, T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E-B-E-L-L, like ring a bell, .net, and you'll find me. You'll see updates and quotes and photos and tips and more. Good deal. Well, I just appreciate you so much for just sharing with our listeners today. And I, and I know they've gotten some great takeaways and some nuggets from you today, Terrence. And I know I certainly have. And uh, But they can also find, you know, everything we've been chatting about today at SuccessTalkersRadio.com slash Terrence Bell. So everything we discuss will all be there in the show. So Terrence, again, we just appreciate you for taking time to spend with us today and just, you know, being transparent with us. And so for that, we say thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love so much of what you're doing and, and the platform and, uh, you know, just, just being positive and, and really trying to pour into to people and to positively change people's lives. I, I think it's fantastic and it's wonderful. And, and the world couldn't, uh, we, we, we don't have enough of, of, of people like you uh, in, in the universe. So, so, you, so you're good earth seed. I like to think of you as good earth seed. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Terrence. I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. Well, for else out there listening today, also thank you for tuning in. And until our next episode, remember to keep stalking success. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. If you'd like to hear more from these inspiring entrepreneurs and entertainers, be sure to subscribe to the Success Stalkers Radio podcast on iTunes. And if you found value in this episode, give us a review, hopefully five stars. You may also visit us at successstalkers.com. Leave us a comment. We love to hear from you.